International Broadcasting lives on 5085. The big one. WTWW. Please stand by as we get ready to launch another episode of this Reality Radio Cafe Cast with your host and my husband, Denny J, K5DCC. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition, lift off. Now grab your glass and get ready to fill it up with some radio on the rocks. Vehicles pitching downrange. Good morning. Good morning. So have you been having fun listening on All Star Link? No. <laughs> what? Now you got problems again, huh? No, no problems. Hmm. But now that I, uh, the the way my brain works, if there's something not right, I just pursue it until it's working, and including not sleeping at night. But that was solved, and so then I just went to bed. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! The not sleeping was solved. Or the All-Star no, link was solved? No, no, no. So the, the All-Star link was solved. Yes. How did you do that? Well, you did it. Oh, I was talking about the ability to connect to me and me to connect to you. You still have oh. that CGN problem, I think. Yes, or or perhaps you do too. I don't know. Yeah, well, I I'd, I'd noticed on my admin page on my MoFi router... It says there is no public IP address. It, it, they've made it private, so nobody can get in. Uh, Which means nobody can hack me. Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. And but, I don't uh, care if anybody connects to me. I, I just want to be able to connect out. Yes, and apparently I can do that too now. Yeah. And so we can connect out to my friend Jack's node and talk on our repeater. Do you know that? Um, now, wait now wait a minute. The word repeater is now confusing to me because <laughs> I always thought a repeater was uh, something that took input on one frequency and put it out on another frequency and had an antenna in an uh, advantageous location. But now... These Raspberry Pi things on All-Star are also called repeaters. No, they're only called repeaters if they're connected to an actual RF repeater. <clears throat> Yours is just a a hub. A hub. Then why was the default? A radialist hub. Why was well, that's, that was the old ASL thing. They just set that up as their default user. But no, you're not a repeater. Oh, well, that clears that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now, if you connect to 28827 right now, that will be our common joining place where we can both hang out and talk, connect to each other. Two, but it will also be out over the repeater. 288. What was it again? 288. 2827. 28, and that's my friend Jack, KF5BRU. He lives just north of Harrison. And his 
node is a simplex node. He's got a antenna pointing at our repeater. The repeater has a another radio. It's a link radio that's pointing at him. So whatever comes out, the repeater goes to Jack and he puts it out on All Star Link. So we can connect via him through his Echolink node or through this All Star node. And I'm there now. So if you want to try it. All right, just a minute. Now I've got to find my phone. Where's my phone? Oh, it's in my pocket. Ugh. The location of my phone is a con <laughs> continual problem. Along with that other thing that your friend Dennis pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait a uh, now I've got to bring up. Uh, I can't even. Now I have to remember the software name, Zoiper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, there's so much to remember. Write it on the palm of your hand. <laughs> but the, but, but the uh, skin cells keep flaking off. <laughs> what yeah. I need is what I need is a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, the sun's um, coming up. Going to be another lovely day today. We had a successful evening last night. My uh, wife said she thought we should probably sell this classic conversion van of ours, 1991, the Chevy G20. So I said, well, yeah, go ahead and take some pictures and put it on Facebook. See what uh, kind of interest there is. Holy mackerel. Almost within minutes, they were pouring in. We sold it. We delivered it last night. Wow. And we got, and we got more than we paid for it. So we're, we're happy. So... Uh, do I do a star three to link? Or you could set it up on your phone in that uh, node remote. Just well, have it in there permanently. Uh, but yeah, you could use it. I could, but right now I'm just in Zoiper. I can connect directly with the Zoiper. Oh. So well, that first would you be to, remember, you have to connect to you first. Oh, I already did that. I've got the black screen. Oh. I, I'm ahead of you. Oh, oh wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> So, so do a star three in the number. Yes. All right. And now I gotta hold the phone up to my ear. Well, my call letters were right. Did it say you were connected? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look at his map here, bubble map. Oh, there you are. Sure enough, shows you with your node world in pink. That's your phone. Now you're part of our network, so we're also connected to AF5SB-R in Highland, Arkansas. Jack has two nodes, and you're connected to me. So if you uh, go on All-Star Link into the nodes list, type in yours, and look at your bubble map. You'll see all, all right. the ones that you're connected to now. All right. I've got to bring up a browser. And I'm going to yeah. talk to you on my radio. This is my simplex node, so... W0RLD-K5DCC. This is very confusing. K5DCC. And I've also got my radio connected to the system here, so you're hearing all the activity. You'll be able to hear how you sound. 
when you transmit. All right, I should transmit something now. Just a minute. Mm. That would be uh, star nine nine. Right. Okay. With a high of fifty four F and a low of thirty F. April first. W zero. Talking to K five. How you doing, Denny? How you doing? Now yep. I have to remember to hit the pound sign. Yep, you sound a little hot, so we might want to go into your settings and drop that down a little bit. So those are all settings that are part of this uh, tune menu. You probably read about that. No, I haven't read about that. The tune menu in Zoiper? Nope, on your all-star node. So you have to go into the Linux side of it. Oh, you mean I have to uh, use terminal and connect to this? Yes, yes. So I'll walk you through that. And good morning, folks. It is uh, Thursday, April 1st. Uh-oh, you know what that means. Beware, someone's going to be pulling an April Fool's joke on you. So Jim might be the likely candidate. <laughs> or or I could just tell an April Fool's story. I've got a good one. Oh, wonderful. You want to start out with that? Well, uh, uh, yes, we can, do the Linux, <laughs> we, we can do the Linux thing after the, uh, the, the podcast. Yeah, maybe we should do that. And uh, good morning to Andre over in Roma Romania. He just joined us. Good morning, Andre. <laughs> I think he's busy breaking things, as he told me earlier. <laughs> That's what a good programmer does. He goes out and breaks things to see, find the weak points so that people can make them better. So, what are you breaking today? Just some tests. <laughs> oh, just some tests. And Daniel Giraud. Daniel Giraud is out there too. Are you out of your vehicle? Are you back in your studio? Oh, yes. Nope, he's still driving. You're still uh, still a little rough copy, so we'll let you sit on the side till you get home. So anyway, uh, welcome to the uh, Digicom Cafe and our Thursday morning cafe cast. It is uh, April 1st, 2021, and uh, the virtual cafe is open 24-7. So glad you dropped in to visit us this morning. I know Andre says that he's starting to listen. And uh, Andre's made a recommendation. I don't know what you think about this, Jim. He thinks we should have a once-a-week video podcast. What do you think? Why not? I'm handsome. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yes. I don't know. We'll have to give it some thought. Andre is a very helpful fella, and he's uh, more than willing to do whatever he can do to help us get something like that launched. I suppose it was my intro video that I put out that made you think of that, huh, Andre? Yeah, plus the fact that some things are better shown than said when setting up stuff related to ham radio, Raspberry Pis, and so on. So you suggest we use something like Zoom for that then? Yeah, either Zoom, Twitch... We could use directly a streaming service, so either Twitch or YouTube. Okay, and we'll have to give it some thought. 
Well, Zoom has a Zoom has a record feature. Yes, it does. And if you want to do what what is the free version? Forty five minutes. Uh, time yeah, is there a time like limit? Well, I I have uh, unlimited time, so I could set up a. Oh. A, yep. That might be fun to try, just for fun. After we're all what we're we all about use? making radio fun again. We could use Jitsi because it also solves your encoding problem. Oh really? I mean, you know, I wasn't. Use I wasn't very impressed with Jitsi. Okay. It didn't look as good to me, and and a lot of times people's pictures just disappeared. But that was my bandwidth issue, I imagine. Yeah, everybody tends to compare something that's proprietary with something that's open source. And called the open source alternative ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that had nothing to do with it. It was my experience with it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have to give that a try. Maybe we can uh, experiment with it. And uh, yeah, that would be kind of fun. Well, that means I'd have to get them. dressed and comb my hair before the podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm in my bathrobe right now, okay? <laughs> it's oh. a lot earlier here than it is where you're at. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> too MI, a TMI, too much information. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Andre, uh, since I'm older than you are, I have, uh, over the my lifetime, uh, found what I call Brown's Laws. And so Brown's Law 768 posits that no computer program ever works. It's only a successive approximation to working. Oh, that's exactly true. <laughs> that's when the <laughs> saying, if it works, doesn't fix it, comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's... That's why it's a law, not a hypothesis. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least Andre, when he breaks things, he fixes them too, right? I kind of put, put them back together once I test them. So, yeah. Yeah. By the way, what kind of mic are you using? It sounds excellent. Uh, it's some Sonic headphones that are, I don't know, pretty cheap, but the mic's good and the headphones are good as well. <laughs> I mean, Jim is like finding that out too. That, Twenty dollars. Uh, yeah, Jim is finding that out too. That expensive doesn't always mean better, right, Jim? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Okay, tell us your April Fool story. Well, um, Denny would know this because he lived in Minnesota. There, uh, there is a phrase describing Minnesotans. And I lived there nine years, so I was a partial Minnesotan. Uh, there's a phrase called Minnesota nice. That is, people from Minnesota tend to be extraordinarily nice. In fact, if something in their life goes amiss, something goes wrong, their first inclination is to... Is to think it's their own fault not someone else's fault <laughs> and and so people people in minnesota really really are nice well my wife worked as a lawyer for the indiana general assembly 
and there were a couple of her colleagues, also lawyers, husband and wife, uh, from Minnesota. And indeed, they were very nice, polite, soft-spoken, very unlike the typical stereotype of, that you might have in your brain of a lawyer. So, however, the, the woman was uh, fairly gullible, and people would pull pranks on her occasionally. And, and she was very good-natured about it, being nice. So April Fool's was coming up, and her husband, my wife, and everybody else in the office thought that there ought to be a prank pulled on her on April Fool's Day. And everybody thought of me as the person to pull the prank. And, of course, I readily agreed. Uh, I've been known as a prankster. So, <laughs> the, the, the background is the couple had just bought a lot and were planning to build a house on the lot. And they had spent a lot of time figuring out just how to orient their house on the lot, the specific location, the orientation, so forth. And they had pretty much stretched, stretched their income to, to buy this lot and, and build this house. So they were, they didn't have any extra money. And uh, so on April Fool's Day, I called her at the office and I said, my, my name is Mr. Ferroni, spelled F-O-U-R-O-N-1, four, <laughs> four, one. So I was Mr. Ferroni, and I, I said I was the construction manager on the, uh, the house project, and we had just finished excavating the basement. And I had some bad news. And she said, oh, no, what, 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 what's going wrong? What's wrong? And I said, well, unfortunately, we, we got to the bottom of the excavation, and we discovered a natural spring. So there's water all over the place. <laughs> and she said, <laughs> she said, well, what, what can we do about this? And I said, well, there's, there's a number of options. We could put the dirt back in the hole and try and dig a, a basement somewhere else on the lot, knowing that they'd spent a lot of time spending exactly where to put that house. And, of course, that would cost a bunch of money, fifteen, twenty thousand, whatever it was. And uh, is there any other option, she said. Well, yes, you can get extra, extra, extra large drainage tile and lay that around the foundation and meanwhile, we'd have to pump the water out to even lay the foundation. And that would be, it would have to be a continuous pump. And I'm just making this stuff up as I go. <laughs> and well, what would the extra large drainage tile cost? Oh, that'd be about 18500 And so, <laughs> and she said, well, is anybody else, anybody else in the, in the, Indianapolis area have this problem. Well, I'm sorry, but I know a lot of other construction managers. I'm friends with about everyone in town. And no, you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets more exasperated, more exasperated. And I said, is she said, is there any other possible solution? I said, well, yes, I'd heard this was a problem in Nashville, Tennessee. 
really? What? And I, I said, I happen to know some construction engineers in Nashville. I called one of my friends. And a lot of people in Nashville just put decorative fountains in their basement. <laughs> and, and, of course, that would be $22,500 to have a decorative fountain in your basement. <laughs> so, so we made arrangements to meet at the construction site that afternoon so I could show her what the problem was. And so uh, this, this mild-mannered, extremely nice woman from Minnesota slams the phone down, and she goes on a tirade. She's going to sue Mr. Ferroni. She's going <laughs> to sue the, the, the construction company. She's going to sue the real estate agent. She's going <laughs> to sue everybody she can think of. <laughs> and finally, after, you know, of course, everybody in the office heard all this and they were just, it was all they could do to burst out, to keep from bursting out laughing. So uh, she, after an hour or so, she calmed down a little bit. And uh, I had decided before I made the phone call that she was so gullible, I didn't even need to attempt to disguise my voice at all. I just, talked in my normal voice and after about an hour or so she was talking to my wife and she said you know that mr ferroni sounds an awful like like jim <laughs> <laughs> and she still didn't get it <laughs> well uh, that's embarrassing are well, minnesotans that dumb <laughs> no they're not dumb they're nice in fact yeah. you know, they're really nice you're nice yes Thank you. You're you're much nicer than you're much nicer than I am. You probably wouldn't do that. What I just described that I did. <laughs> well, that's why you migrated to Indiana. <laughs> what do they say about people that live in Indiana? Oh, we're Hoosiers, and uh, you know how how Indianans got the nickname Hoosiers, don't you? No. Well, this goes back to uh, riverboat days, you know, riverboats coming down the Ohio. The settlers were in Indiana and living in log cabins. And there was a, actually in southern Indiana, there was a log cabin version of uh, a modern bar. And some of the frontiers people would, would go in there and get liquored up. And they'd have fights and have knife fights and so forth. And then, Fortunately, not too many people got killed, but one evening there was a knife fight and a, you know, one of the fellows uh, in, in the knife fight uh, got an ear cut off. And the next morning, the, the owner was trying to uh, clean up the place and he saw this ear laying on the floor and uh, he hollered out, who's here? And that's how <laughs> Hoosiers got their oh name. My. Oh, no, not really. Yes, it's, it's really. Yeah, that's Brown's Law seven hundred and sixty-nine. <laughs> now remember, I'm Minnesota nice, so I'm kind of gullible. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're taking advantage of me. That's not fair. <laughs> wow, crazy. Well, while you're telling your story, I was uh, perusing our 
Digicom Cafe Mighty Networks Facebook alternative. And I see we have another new member. In fact, he's commented on our question of yesterday, our what if. You said, what if there are no clouds? Jose Miguel Borges, I guess, B-O-R-G-E-S, has just joined the group. And he made a comment on that because I'm sharing that in uh, in our post here on the Mighty Network, too. And he says, I would miss the silver lining in the clouds. Now, isn't that a great answer? It is. He sounds like a very nice guy, too. So welcome, Jose. We've also had several others have joined recently. We've got uh, James Harkins of Hamilton, Montana. Christopher Abbott. He hasn't completed his profile, so I don't know where he's from for sure. Bob Cohn. We have four. Uh, 368 members over there now, so it's growing all the time. And I think uh, hopefully many of those people will be listening to our Cafe Cast too. And uh, if you are, feel free to join us. We we also have another way that you can comment. You'll see in the show notes of this episode and yesterday's, there is a message feature that's uh, part of Anchor.fm, the platform that I use for sharing my Cafe Cast. And if you click on that link, you get up to one minute to leave a voice message. And I get notified of that. And I will be glad to include that in the next day's podcast. So when Jim shares his what if segment, uh, give it some thought and you can answer. And uh, we'll put that in our cafe cast. Otherwise, you can just join us right here at k5dcc.com. That gets you into our Telegram voice chat channel. And uh, who knows, you might even be a guest to tell your story of how you got into amateur radio. Uh, this is a very unique podcast. It's live and everybody can participate until we get so big that it just gets too cumbersome. We have to try and limit it to at least an, an hour. And so far, if you look at the previous episodes, start which started here at the beginning of last week or something, uh, they last generally around an hour. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying them. So, uh, Professor Jim, what if? Ah, uh, you... well, I've, I've got an interesting one today. What if the element silicon did not exist? What would we be missing in our lives? Hmm, a whole heck of a lot, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, just about everything we use has got silicon in it, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. Name something. Oh, well, like my microphone? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Andre. Well, I think we would still have those old big computers, two stories tall and a building wide, because you wouldn't have small transistors. You'd still have those huge lamps that they used to use in the machines. So you don't have smaller transistors because you don't have any silicon to make the wafers. So things would be really big. <laughs> we definitely miss out on some stuff. <laughs> it would be hard to carry around a smartphone in your pocket, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I think you'd have to carry it on your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would have to be in a cloudless sky because most of the land we're on here is comprised of silicon, isn't it? Mm, yeah, certainly sand. 
Yeah, silicon. Well, isn't that where silicon comes from? Yeah. Or is silicon manufactured? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> what? But, You're the professor. You've got to know these things. Or just make something up that sounds reasonable. Um, oh. <laughs> are you saying we can't believe anything you say? Well, I think I think you have to make your own interpretation of what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, never- brother Danny just just joined us. KB five ZEA. We haven't heard from him for a long time. Uh, Danny, welcome to the Cafe Cast live. Uh, how about a comment from you? What do you think about about Jim's what if? What if there's no silicon? From South Africa. What if the what is the question? What if there's no silicon? Yes. Well, what you if, can go ahead and jump in there, but uh, I was talking to KB5ZEA, Danny, but we'll let you go first. Go ahead. No, no, so I'll just come back in the office, but I'll miss the question of the day. Uh, the, the question of the day is what if there was no silicon, the element silicon? Okay, just I'll, I'll you can take, put it to the next one, and I'll think about that, okay? Sounds good. Okay, how about uh, Danny? KB5ZEA over in Mississippi. Good morning. Welcome back. Yeah, morning, everyone. It's been a, been a month of Sunday, same like. Uh, I don't, Silicon, uh, trying to, trying to do a Google on it there. The element silicon. Huh. Oh. Uh, Says its atomic number is fourteen. I think. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can relate silicon to is, of course, uh, like Andre said, the silicon chip, and uh, then the silicon that you use for gasket material. <laughs> they call <it> silicon. <laughs> I don't know if it's got the element in it or not, but uh, I hadn't really done a study on that to be quite honest with you so i'm all ears i'll bet you you deliver a lot of silicon don't you well uh occasionally on this hvac stuff i I have a pallet full of it but uh, don't have any this morning i've got all metal this morning so where are you located right now i take it you're in your truck and on the road yeah i'm in uh Harahan, Louisiana. Wow. Well, glad to hear and see you again in the list. Uh, we've changed things up a bit since uh, last time you were here. This is now and has been for the past week our live cafe cast, which we share every day. It's open to anybody who wants to jump in and participate. And we talk about anything, including ham radio, but we talk about anything. There's, there's no topic we won't discuss probably. So anyway, that's uh, that's a good question. Anybody else want to jump in on that one? Daniel, have you had enough time to uh, think about that? What if there was no silicon? Uh, sorry, I don't have actually have an answer for that. So my apologies. When I jumped in there, I thought you were calling me. You see, and then I, th- I thought it was me. <laughs> anyway, you guys carry on. No problem. You know, this is real radio, so I don't worry about editing most of this stuff out. It's just uh, us guys hanging out and having fun and uh, hopefully building interest in amateur radio a little bit at a time and with a little bit of laughter. So what is your, uh, go ahead. 
you are right. Uh, 81% of sand is silicon. Yeah. So no sand. <laughs> that would be yeah. weird to not have sand. I mean, what yeah. would you have next to the ocean, seas, and so on? Just ground, I presume. <laughs> what kind of ground? <laughs> well, there's Goodness. another there's another product used frequently in ham radio, and also around the house. Not necessarily limited to ham radio, but the element silicon is included in the formulation of silicone, the waterproofing stuff we use to. Uh, squirt on electrical connections outside or you know, squirt on coax connections to keep water from getting in because silicone repels water and it adheres to uh, many uh, different things including glass and coax connectors and so forth. I imagine California would probably weigh a lot less too without it because a lot of the businesses there in Silicon Valley have built big, big buildings <laughs> between them and the old. Well, maybe that's the replacement of periphery, right? <laughs> so both Microsoft and Apple would not exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you didn't even give that any thought, huh? No, no. That, that it it takes somebody from Minnesota to think like that. <laughs> Well, just think, there would be no software because uh, chips that uh, process all these commands that we give them are all handled on silicon. So, and it would definitely be a different world, wouldn't it? It, it would. It would be, in, in, well, and in, in we could ponder about whether it would be a better world or a worse world. I, I think we're better off having silicon. I think so. Just think of all the jobs that would be lost if we didn't have silicon. What else could we use? Well, who knows? Uh, something else might have been useful to make integrated circuits, but silicon is inexpensive. And in fact, in mass production, the cost of producing an integrated circuit approaches zero. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Andre, what is silicon? What are, what is the composition of it? Seeing as you looked it up. I didn't look up the composition. I just looked up the percentage of silicon within sense. Yeah. Well, I just so, looked it up. To answer Wikipedia. Your to answer your question, silicon <laughs> has no composition. It's an element. It's a basic right. element. Yep. And he was right. Atomic number 14. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, brittle, crystalline solid with a blue-gray metallic luster and is a tetravalent metalloid and semiconductor. It's a member of group 14 in the periodic table. Carbon is above it, and germanium, tin, and lead are below it. It is relatively unreactive because of its high chemical affinity to oxygen. It was not until 1823 that, oh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this guy's name. Well, it was first <laughs> able to prepare it and characterize it in pure form. You know, it just blows my mind how man has 
the ability to do all these things, take natural elements and find uses for them like this. I mean, this is this is incredible. I'm not that smart. A lot of geniuses out there. No, nobody's disputing that, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I can sing, though. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever said about me. <laughs> I know you like to sing, too, don't you? Yes, I do. Well, you used to, anyway. Before I got... So, anyway. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Before you got what? Before I got nodules on my vocal cords. Yes, right. Well, you've got a good radio voice. So uh, you and I had an interesting on and off day yesterday with you uh, going through your setup of your all-star node. Congratulations. Well, it's a, it, it takes a, a community to solve, <laughs> to, to get, you know, it, it's the simple stuff you overlook, you know, uh, in in Linux, a typo or a, a, a missing letter or not putting in your node number where it should be, <laughs> or you know, there, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can overlook very easily, and it, it's very helpful to have somebody else look over the code that you've edited and oh. I, you idiot! You should have done this, that, and the other. And oh yes, you need you need to well, copy the copy this line and paste a new line in because you have one too few lines. And uh, yeah, that's 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 why in journalism we say everybody needs an editor, and you are your own worst self-editor. It's always good to have somebody else look over things you've written. And or coded that don't work. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm glad we've got Andre in here because I know what I know, but it ain't much. Andre knows a lot more about Linux, and uh, I would love to see him wail away on his keyboard as he's doing all those command line instructions and programming and breaking things. How long have you been working with Linux, Andre? I think it's since Mandrake 7, Linux Mandrake 7, which now doesn't exist anymore. It's like Mandriva now or something like that. Let me look it up so I can get an idea. Since 2005, that's the first time I ever touched a Linux distribution. Did you go to school for this? No. Just self-taught? Yeah, and I got to Linux by mistake. By mistake? What do you mean by mistake? There, you know, there's those uh, computer magazines. Yeah. And it had a CD with Linux. At that I time, know. I didn't know what Linux is. So I installed it. And at that time, installing Linux with Windows was like putting oil next to water. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now you're making money with it. Yeah, it's a good thing. Everything has Linux in it. I mean, even Windows yeah. has Linux in it now. So. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, they made something called VSL, Windows Linux subsystem. 
or subsystem Linux. And you can run a Linux distribution within your Windows 10. Hmm. You don't, I think you can also run graphical apps now. And in the next iteration, you could see the Linux file system as well. I think they're trying to easily wedge in the Linux kernel to work with the Windows kernel because the Linux kernel is a little bit better than the Windows kernel. I Very think interesting. That's well, I know, I know Danny is big into Linux too, KB5ZEA. Uh, Danny, how long have you been doing Linux? Well, I'm basically, yeah, I've just been fooling with it on and off for, I guess, maybe four or five years. Now, are you an All Star user? All -Star I've got link? an account. Uh, I've got an account and got uh, a node number, but I never have gotten around to getting everything set up. Well, well if you need help, Jim, Jim can help you, Professor. Oh, yeah, 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 right, 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 right. He's, he's experienced now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have found All-Star set up to be a total sucker of time. Uh, yeah, well, it looked like it might be a little time-consuming. <laughs> Well, it's not so time-consuming for him because he's got 500 megabit download speeds, and he can download the whole image in five seconds. He counted it down for me. I'm jealous. Oh. My goodness. Mm-hmm. But now he's uh, he's very experienced, so he'd be glad to help out anybody because his motivational gift is teaching. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, I know a whole lot more today than I knew two days ago. That's for sure. Well, that's what uh, puts you in that space. If you know something more than someone else, then you can show them. That's right. Yeah. Or sometimes you you don't know more, but you share an interest in learning, and you can uh, help each other learn. Um, I always, when I was an active uh, university professor, I always told my students that, you know, I'm expecting you to learn from me, and I'm also expecting to learn from you. And usually in every class, uh, uh, some students taught me something I didn't know. And uh, that I, I always thought of teaching as a, not a one-way discourse, but a two-way exchange. Sounds like ham radio. You know, they, they say that we need to be an Elmer I don't know if I like that term. I like mentor, but there's another what if for you. And my mind is just flowing with what if questions. This is going to be fun. But what if there were no mentors or Elmers? Where would ham radio be? Not, it would, it probably wouldn't exist. It, the, the, the number of people with licenses would be so small that it, there, it would, it would not be a, a force in the world. Yeah. Just think all you guys out there listening that are uh, guys and gals that are hams. Where would you be if you didn't have someone to come alongside and, and help you and mentor you and teach you and share their experiences with you? Boy, that sure, happened. it sure happened to me when I was a teenager, the, the local club in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, um, all the, 
uh, well, I call in the day since I was a teenager, I called them all the old people. <laughs> they weren't old at all. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they were they were out of high school and had jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, they were very generous with their time and actually held courses on our weekly meetings to help us progress in our licensing. Yeah. Some countries aren't so uh, blessed. I know Andre's uh, country doesn't have a lot of clubs. And I don't, do you get to rub shoulders with many hams over there, Andre? The idea is it's very hard to get to a club if you don't search for a club hard. <laughs> I mean, call phones, email people. You don't get anywhere. I had to call one of the clubs to find out how I could get a ham license. And then I studied from what I found online in order to try to get the license in the first try. So it depends from country to country. I think in the States, there's still a big interest in it. I think here it's just a old hobby, let's say, and there's not too many people. I think it's growing again, but it has really big growing pains. Yeah. I recently joined uh, the Indianapolis Radio Club, and the person in charge of testing in that club um, uh, in a Zoom meeting told us that the uh, interest in scheduling exams is higher than ever. In fact, uh, the, our, our particular club does not allow walk-ins anymore, and all the uh, available slots are filled up at least two weeks ahead of the exam day. Wow. Well, just think, if there were no silicon, there would be no clubs, there would be no ham radio, there would be a, a void in fellowship, communication. So uh, thank God for silicon. And Andre would not have all the friends around the world that he has now. Because I know he's a big user of uh, Zello and uh, likes to hang out with us here in Telegram. All based on silicon, passing the information. I think it's more of a thing called internet than silicon. Because we might have silicon, but what if we didn't have... CERN, and we didn't have the CERN network that came to be the World Wide Web. <laughs> what yeah, if? right. Well, you got to start with the beginning. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? The that egg, is, of course. That that is a really <laughs> interesting. It's a really interesting question. No, 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 no. In fact, I could just my brain could fry in pondering that one. Oh, I know it. I know it. It's a it's an excellent excellent platform I think or or thing to do is just have this what if thing and uh, like I told you I think yesterday I think of this as now uh, my next game we're going to play with a gathering of people because we play a lot of games we play name the name game and a lot of group games but this would be a very interesting thing I, I was thinking we pass around a piece of paper to everyone in the group each one would write down their what if and then we would go around each one could share it and get feedback from the rest of the the people in the group. That would be very uh, enlightening. We'd well, learn a lot about each other. This exercise reminds me of a course I had 
as an undergraduate. By the way, if, if you know the name Buckminster Fuller, I actually met him and photographed him in his own geodesic dome home. He's the inventor of the geodesic dome, as well as many other things. Uh, at any rate, the, I had a design course at S Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. And the whole of the faculty were influenced with Buckminster Fuller's design principles, the main one of which is to do the most with the least. Think about that, to do the most with the least. Mm -hmm. So this course was designed so you could not skip class. The material for the class was uh, mimeographed in the form of handouts, and there were several class meetings a week. In one of those class meetings, you would get the handout for the reading for the following week. In the other class, you would take a quiz, which was graded right there in class. And if you didn't get say, I don't know what the cutoff was, 75 or probably 80% or something. If you didn't get 80% on the quiz, you had to stay for a, a mandatory second hour of class, which repeated the lecture. <laughs> well, nobody <laughs> wanted to do that. So you actually studied the material so you could pass the quiz. And so the course was actually designed so you couldn't skip classes. And there were, there were a couple of projects that were fascinating. One of them, we drew names out of a hat of places in the world. And of course, we were living in Southern Illinois at the time and had very little knowledge about the world. And uh, so you draw this name of a country that you'd never heard of before out of this hat. And the design problem was to imagine that in one week's time, the whole rest of the earth would suddenly disappear, leaving only this particular country. And your task was to ensure the survival of mankind. So naturally, you had to research the country that you knew nothing about. What are its natural resources? What do they have in, in abundance? What's the population? How many doctors, nurses, et cetera, do they have? How many engineers do they have? You, in other words, you had to figure out everything you could about that country. And if there was something that was needed for survival that that country didn't have, you had to look at what they were importing, for example. Uh, and if there was something really important for life, that that country didn't have, you had to figure out how to transport it from somewhere else. And the transportation had to be feasible. So for example, if it took three weeks for a ship to get to this country, well, that you couldn't do it by ship, for example. So this was a incredibly interesting project. And, a, and it was so interesting, really, that all the students put in a lot of time trying to conjure up what it would take for this little piece of land to ensure survival of mankind. Hmm. You know, again, jumping off of yesterday's, it speaks to the uh, 
importance of every single element of our lives. You take one away and it changes everything. Exactly. Um, you, you talk about that ship. You know, I guess the ship is free now over there in the Suez, right? It is. Here you got one little ship. Well, I guess it wasn't that little, but one ship out of all the ships and all the products being shipped around the world. And that thing was creating havoc in the world with, you know, whatever it was carrying wasn't getting to where it's supposed to be that everything else depends on. We are so integrated together. And it really makes you appreciate everything around you. You look at the world much, much differently. By the way, there was a meme going around the Internet this morning that that showed one of the canal boats in Great Britain turned sideways in the canal. And it was the copy that went with it said it was costing um, over three pounds a day to, <laughs> to preventing tra traffic on this canal. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm glad they got it unstuck and on its way. Maybe that's where my uh, part for my D74 is. I'm, I'm still waiting for my D74 to get repaired. And they say they're missing a part and they're waiting for it to arrive before they can finally repair it and send it back to me. It's been six weeks now. I'm getting very well, impatient. But ICOM. who knows? My part might have been on that ship. ICOM. Uh there are no ICOM handy talkies available anymore because the one, the successor to the ID 51, which I have is the ID 52. And if you go on the ICOM website, uh, you get all these messages about how they can't, can't deliver the new handy talkie because they can't get parts. Wow. Shortage, shortage of parts due to COVID COVID upset everything really. Yeah. It definitely uh, has changed how things move around. And now our gas prices are going sky high. What's happening? Well, what's happening is back in the day, we should have gone to a steam engine standard, and we didn't because the <laughs> oil people got together and decided the standard of engine would be gasoline engines. But think <laughs> about it. If our cars and tractors and semis all ran on steam engines uh, the transmissions would be simpler all you have to do is reverse the ports and you're in the reverse uh, <laughs> and uh, the byproduct of uh, say burning hydrogen as a source of fuel to generate the steam is uh, water so yeah huh very interesting well we have our club meeting tonight and uh since we started our what if deal, I'm going to start using this in our weekly nets. And if anyone would like to join us at the W5NWA repeater site, you can join us through Echolink on KF5BRU-L or on his all-star node 28827. Or if you're in the region, you can just uh, use your UHF radio and program it for 444. 800 plus 5,000 with a tone of 103.5. And now a lot of people that are not ham radio operators listening are just like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, that's why we're here. We're the mentors and the Elmers in the ham radio community. And we're, we'd be glad to help you out. Just like uh, 
I was doing with Jim yesterday. I was happy to help him out. And now he's a happy all-star node user. <laughs> well, I don't know about how happy, but. Well, the, uh, and to ask a further question about that, the, sh the Sherry system that you talked about the other day and that I uh, looked at their website, that includes an antenna. So apparently the Sherry system can take a signal from a radio and the Sherry, the Raspberry Pi that's that's in that system, would then connect with your home Wi-Fi and you're out to the world. Is that how that works? Yeah. Did you see the picture of Mellows? No All-Star No that was built by Dennis. That was a nice piece of kit, it as was. they say in the UK. It was. So have you have you ordered yours yet? Not yet. <laughs> Where, how, how many items have you got on your list? Well, I, I don't know. I started to make a spreadsheet, and then, you know, when I think I need something, I learn a little bit more, and, well, I don't need that, and, but I need this other thing. And so right now I'm just pondering, you know, how to get an antenna up. And then, uh, yeah. you know, once I get the antenna system up in the – lightning arresters and the ground rods and the pass through to the house. And, you know, then I'll think about the radio. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Well, I hope we're keeping your life interesting and not upsetting your wife too much. No, no. She's a gamer. She's, she's in her, she has her own uh, woman cave in which she has an Xbox one and, and a bunch of other stuff. Huh? Well, and and where do you two usually meet in the day? Oh, we meet for meals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, more than that, we're we're beginning to write. She's uh, recently gotten a bicycle, which took, by the way, uh, almost a year to get because of COVID. And uh, we have kayaks, and and so we're beginning to do. Uh, uh, outdoor physical activities uh, together now too. So, well, that's great. But well, I we am just had. Go I, ahead. I was just going to volunteer. I am not a gamer. The whole rest of my family, my wife, my daughter, my son, they're all gamers. But I'm not. Well, I understand though that you are making game pieces for them. I am. Uh, I'm sort of backing into gaming because I got interested in 3D printing to occupy myself during COVID. And one of the websites I came at, well, actually one of the mentors in 3D printing that makes really, really good instructional videos also invents uh, role-playing games. And he makes uh, STL files, which are used to, to make uh, 3D prints of characters, little army pieces and tanks and so forth, based on the science fiction, science fiction writings of Nikola Tesla. And his game is called World War Tesla. Well, I thought, I'm into 3D printing. This stuff looks really interesting to print. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just buy his system and start printing this stuff. And uh, maybe I'll have enough pieces printed by Thanksgiving that we can all get together and play World War Tesla with these incredibly interesting uh, role-playing game pieces. 
So I'm I might be backing into gaming through the 3D printing. <laughs> and what, in your estimation, would that cost? Oh, uh, it's incredibly. You you mean to make the pieces? Yeah. When you're all said and done, how much money will you have invested in that? Oh, pro to make all the pieces, less than fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's still a lot, though. Not a oh, cheap hobby. Um, I don't think that's a lot. In, in fact, oh, okay. it, it may be closer to $25. A, okay. A roll, a roll of filaments, uh, a kilogram, and uh, that you can make a lot of little army men out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm waiting to see your design for our uh, hotspot case with the Digicom Cafe logo on it. Well... I'll make a picture if I can find my phone. Yeah. Okay. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Well, without, does any, carry on with will. Yes, we will. Um, you know, I'd like to see this platform being used to promote club activities and whatnot. Does anybody out there have a announcement you'd like to make about your club, or your meetings, or what you're doing? Just jump in. I guess not. <laughs> Danny, you're uh, pretty involved in your clubs over there, aren't you, in Mississippi? Well, yeah, we... Trouble is, this COVID got everything. Everybody's still sort of gun-shy. They hadn't been wanting to have any meetings, so tried to do the Zoom thing, but uh, that didn't catch on. A bunch of them didn't care for that too much, so hadn't been doing a whole lot here uh lately but uh i hadn't been doing any radio matter of fact uh hardly at all since i ain't been on here i've been off the radio too uh, it's been extremely busy our uh, fire chief there in the county he had an accident the other day and he's been out and he's just now getting back into circulation so anyway i've been busy at work but uh Look, I'm fixing out to bail out here. These guys are fixing to get opened up here, so I guess I need to get in. I don't have the four stops. Three of them right here within a block, uh, well, within two blocks of each other. Then I got one more in Mandeville across Lake Pontchartrain, and then I'm head home. So let me hop out top of the corner of you guys, and we'll try to catch you for too much longer. I'll try to be a little more regular. Oh, no problem. You can always listen to us while you're driving over the road and uh, catch up on all the activities here in the cafe. But, yeah, drop in any time. Uh, let's turn it over to Daniel Giraud. Uh, Daniel, have you finally come up with a creative response to the what-if question of the day? What if there were no silicone or silicon? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the silicon one, I didn't have an answer to that. But I, I had an own what-if question of my own, but I don't know if this is a place for it. Oh, Okay. Well, we could do that at another time, but uh, good to hear you. You're sounding much better now. Thank you. And listening with great interest. Sorry, my mouth is a bit full. I'm uh, just bought me some some sandwiches, some toast. Oh my, my OMAD is uh, do, doing well. Uh, Jim, you'd be happy to know I lost five pounds now this week already. So it's working very well. Fantastic. Let's see, Andre. You're not involved in any clubs at this point, right? 
He's busy breaking things. Yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, no. Oh, there he is. No, 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 no. I'm nope. not involved in any kind of club at the moment. Because there's nothing near you or just lack of interest? Yeah, because there's nothing near. I'm mostly locked down, so it doesn't okay. help, let's say. Even if I would be in a club, I would still be in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, our governor yesterday has lifted the uh, the mandate, mask mandate, but I guess individual uh, institutions or businesses or whatever can continue doing what they feel would be the best thing to do. So you still have to wear masks in certain situations. So anyway, things are improving here. I don't think, uh, I think Springfield's hospital has no patients there at all now. So that's, that's excellent. Anyway, back over to Jim. Did you uh, have a design you wanted to share with us? Actually, I'm puzzled. I tried to make uh -oh. a picture with my iPhone of this case I made, and the camera is totally defocused. It won't focus at all. And I'll be if able I thumb smudge on the, on the lens. <laughs> um, if I move from like portrait, it will focus in portrait mode, but in photo mode, it for about one second it focuses, and then after about a second, it completely defocuses. So, huh. I'm going to reboot my phone. If if all else fails, reboot. Right. Yep. It's right. That's what I always tell my wife too, and sometimes that doesn't work. Anyway, we're getting uh, close to an hour here. I want to thank you all for joining us this morning. It was uh, a fun session, and I hope you all appreciate silicon, element 14, and uh, all the benefits that it has brought to our lives that uh, we just take for granted every day. We just uh, go about our lives and don't give much thought to what makes them exist. And, of course, all in all, I'm thankful to God for giving us the ability to learn and understand all of the things in his creation and uh, the ability to design and think and create and build and do all these wonderful things with it. So let's not forget the source of it all and uh, praise our God each day for his goodness and his ultimate wisdom that he shares with us. So thanks all. 73 and have a good day, Jim. Good question of the day. Appreciate you. 73. We'll do, again. we'll do this again tomorrow morning. Hi, this is Extra Class Amateur Radio Operator, K5DCC. I just upgraded to my Extra Class last year. You know how I did it? I used HamTest Online. Did you know that HamTest Online is the top-rated study program on eham.net? 97% of reviewers gave them five stars. They have more five-star user reviews than all other study methods combined. And success is guaranteed. If you fail the amateur radio license exam, they will refund your subscription. It's a no-brainer. You pass the exam or get a full refund. Try it for yourself at hamtestonline.com. Hello, cafeers. Denny J here in the beautiful Ozarks of Northwest Arkansas, out in the country, 25 miles from any large city. 
Out here in the country, we struggle to get good internet. Maybe you have the same problem. If you live in a rural area, you don't have many options. It's either satellite or DSL or cellular. And believe me, we've tried them all. Just recently, I was more than happy to pay the penalty to get out of our satellite service. Latency was horrible. And for amateur radio communications, the delays were up to five seconds. And uh, you probably experienced what that's like. Our DSL service was also very unreliable. We rarely got the speeds that we were promised, and it kept dropping out. But now I think I found a service that we're going to love. It's called Visible.com. It's a company that's owned by Verizon and kind of a paired back service, but works beautifully for my situation here out in the country on 15 acres. Visible.com offers only one plan. It's unlimited everything. Unlimited calls, text, and internet at slightly slower speeds than their top drawer plan at Verizon. But it does use the Verizon network. Go to visible.com and use my referral code 3 November 37 November Tango. Also, to get your $40 a month bill reduced to $25, you need to be part of a party pay group. You can join me in our Digicom Cafe party. You will find the link to these things down in the show notes here, along with links to our Digicom Cafe community portal, which is a Facebook alternative. Also, our Telegram community, where we have text and voice chat, and also our live cafe cast here in the Digicom Cafe. So get your line at visible.com. And again, use my referral code and join our party to get that bill down to $25 a month. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast. We invite you to join our Mighty Networks amateur radio community at members.digicomcafe.com.